They are always great conversations. PNCC speak the language of executives. And you can go to KMOX.com to listen to any of our previous podcasts. I'm Carol Daniel, retired news anchor here at KMOX. And he is Michael Scully, regional president of PNC. Thank you so much for joining us. She is the Barbara B. Taylor, director of the St. Louis Art Museum, Min Jung Kim. Min, thanks for coming into studio and being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great, great conversation. I know a lot of people may, you know, they hear art museum and it's stuffy and (laughs) it's not for me and I don't really get it. But it is for everyone. And that's the whole purpose of the arts. We are so fortunate that the museum is free. But how do you maintain it being free and still remain fiscally sound? Well, I have to say that that um, um, the model that the museum has is perhaps one of the most remarkable things about the St. Louis Art Museum. Um, We have been a museum that has a long history um, that really started um, as part of Washington University. But we moved into our current location on top of Art Hill um, immediately after the 1904 World's Fair. Uh, We moved there in 1906. We reopened after a number of years of uh, renovation. And it was at that moment that we became the City Art Museum and we became um, the recipient of public support from St. Louis City. It wasn't until the 1970s that we then joined um, and became part of the Zoo Museological District and as a result became an independent entity supported by the taxpayers of the ZMD. Um, Alongside the Art Museum, there's the Zoo and the History Museum and the um, Science Center and Botanical Gardens all of which really provides an extraordinary cultural resource to St. Louisans. From our part, because uh, we receive such extraordinary funding um, and public support, it allows us really to focus on developing our permanent collection, as well as um, major building projects like our East Building, which for many, it may seem like it was just yesterday, but believe it or not, this year actually celebrates the 10th anniversary since that museum has opened. And of course, by a world-renowned architect, Uh, David Chipperfield, who also this year was announced as this year's Pritzker Prize, which is the equivalent of the uh, Nobel Prize of Architecture. So in many ways, it coalesces into this one singular year that really celebrates some extraordinary things that have happened uh, here in St. Louis. But again, because our museum has been free and has been free for over a century, the fact that All of St. Louis and everyone from around the world who visit are able to come and visit the museum without any financial barrier really makes us one of the most welcoming, engaging and accessible museums perhaps in the country. And I would so echo those comments and those of Carol that regardless of your appreciation for art, it's worth a trip because that building in and of itself is so uh, amazing If you're on the uh, Art Hill in front of the museum, just looking back at it and then touring the new addition, I think that's incredible. And it really is a testament to your partnership with the city and the ZMD, but also Forest Park. Talk a little bit about uh, plans for the future. I know you're in Forest Park. You're in a footprint. Uh, Any expansion plans you're uh, aware to for the museum 
And how, what does that look like 10, 15 years from now? Well, with a recent expansion that is already celebrating its 10th year anniversary, it might be a little bit too soon to be talking about yet another expansion. But um, what I am really interested in is really focusing on the spaces that we do have, not only inside the museum, but immediately outside. You mentioned Forest Park, and of course, we sit atop um, Art Hill. And I must say, when I was first coming to St. Louis, I had seen Art Hill, as does everyone. And now, like most St. Louisans, anytime someone from out of town comes, the first place you want to go to is you want to be on top of Art Hill. You want to look out into that beautiful Grand Basin, into the park, look at the museum. But Art Hill is also this extraordinary place where everybody gathers together in the wintertime. Initially, I didn't believe it snowed here in St. Louis, but my first winter, there was a major snowstorm. And lo and behold, just like everybody told me it would happen, everybody was out sledding on Art Hill. That was quite a sight to be seen. Uh, late in the summer, early fall, to see the Symphony, um, St. Louis Symphony Orchestra perform on Art Hill. That's another tremendous moment. And in a couple of weeks' time, the St. Louis Art Museum, we've been annually hosting our Art Hill film series. And to see everybody come out with their picnic blankets, enjoying the wonderful films um, that are on view, all of these become incredibly iconic St. Louis moments. And for the St. Louis Art Museum to be a part of that is incredibly thrilling. So there may one day in time be another conversation about expansions into the future, but right now we're so happy with the spaces that we have that we want to continue to welcome and engage all of St. Louis to come and join us for some of these incredible celebrations. Do you need to expand? You know, the museum, museums by and large always face a challenge in that, if anything, we're constantly acquiring, accessioning works of art. Um, and the number of works always increase, but spaces do not. Um, but I think before we can even think about any expansion, I think just like everything else, reassessing what we do have is first and foremost, I think, the first step. So... I'll keep you posted. The good old follow-up. It's always a good one, Michael Scully. (laughs) Let's take a break, shall we? Because I definitely want to get into the Art Hill film series for sure. And then at the beginning of our conversation, um, men mentioned the study that was done, the diversity study that was done. And I want to get into that a little bit before we release you to go back and and raise money and find your next fantastic collection uh, for the Art Museum. We'll take a quick break and come back with more PNCC Speak, The Language of executives. We are wrapping up our conversation with the director of the St. Louis Art Museum. She's been there for almost two years. Min Jung Kim joining us on PNCC Speak, the language of executives. I'm Carol Daniel. He is Michael Scully, the regional president of PNC. And we can't let you go without talking about the Art Hill film series (laughs) that is unfolding this summer. Well, I'm really excited to um, to share information about the Art Hill film series. This will be my second Art Hill Art Hill film series that I'll be participating in. Um, and this year, our very very loose theme um, to this year's festival is really related to education. Um, but you you can be the judge to see how you can see that um, association. So the The four films, the three films, excuse me, that we'll be sharing this year. Uh, The first will be Top Gun Maverick. That will be showing on July 14th. The second is Aquila and the Bee. 
July uh, 21st. And then the third will be School of Rock. So each of these muse- uh, each of these movies have um, a kind of a, a teacher and a student relationship really at the heart of this uh, of these movies. And we know that many um, St. Louisans love to come watch a fun movie on Art Hill. So we don't want to drag the theme too much, but really it's also a nod to the fact that this year at the museum, we're celebrating our 100th anniversary of our education program at the St. Louis Art Museum. So again, Top Gun Maverick, Aquila and the Bee, School of Rock. Hope you'll all come and enjoy these fabulous movies. I'll put it on my calendar. I'll make sure I'm there. It looks like Aquila and the Bee is maybe for young kids. I think Aquila and the Bee definitely is a family-friendly movie, as is School of School Rock, Rock, which right. is a great film. <laughs> oh, great I love film. that one. So, man, a question. Before you arrived, the museum was in the midst of a diversity study, and the report that came out said the museum has made progress in areas of diversity, but much is to be done. So I'm curious where, where that focus is now. And what are your current, uh, say, goals and initiatives? So in 2020, um, through a board-led diversity initiative, we had identified many different areas throughout the organization that we could really make improvements. And we wanted to make sure that we could also track our progress. Um, So all of these 140 areas is actually listed on our website, so you can track our progress alongside with us. And I will say that much of these areas are in areas that tends to be a little bit behind the scenes, operationally, structurally, um, but we hope that long-term the effects will be uh, visible to our visitors and our public at large. Um, We've always collected works from around the world and from every time period, but now we're probably collecting with greater intentionality on many of our areas um, that we currently don't have represented. So sometimes it will show up in exhibitions, like for instance, last year we presented Global Threads, which was the first ticketed exhibition that we showed um, featuring Indian textiles. And it was a wonderful way in which we could engage with with a thriving Indian population here in St. Louis. And then this month, we'll be opening a new exhibition called Action Abstraction Redefined. And this will be the first ticketed show de- dedicated to contemporary Native American art. Um, later this fall, we'll be opening an exhibition called The Culture, hip-hop, and contemporary art in the 21st century. And this will be a multimedia and multidisciplinary exhibition that really looks at the resounding impact of hip-hop on contemporary art and culture. It also happens to coincide on a year where 2023, believe it or not, celebrates the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. And it's a show that really emerged as a collaboration between the St. Louis Art Museum and the Baltimore Museum of Art. So we co-organized this exhibition and it engages both with the museum's curatorial and education departments, as well as a global advisory panel um, that really has been helping us to adhere to the exhibition themes as well as the ethos of hip-hop. So one of the programs that we're doing, I mean, we were talking a little bit earlier about collaborations as it relates to hip-hop, is we are doing something um, that brings 
partnerships and collaborations really at the fore centered around this hip-hop exhibition. And we're doing it around the five pillars of community engagement. So we're partnering with five local organizations and teaching artists to really help to facilitate this very multidisciplinary and polyvocal response um, to hip hop. So the five pillars, um, let's see if I can get this right. It's emceeing, DJing, breakdancing, graffiti making, and knowledge, right? So emceeing, we're partnering with Herb Arts. Um, there's going to be several residencies exploring rapping and beat making um, several Saturdays throughout September. DJing, we're working with the St. Louis County Library, and there will be various DJ workshops in St. Louis County Libraries um, all throughout August. Breakdancing, we're working with Code Red through a very intensive dance program, and we're also going to do a a curated hip-hop dance battle at SLAM. Uh, Graffiti making, we've already started working with St. Louis Artworks on a graffiti mural residency That's already taken place, and the mural is on view. And last but not least, in the area of knowledge, with the Harris-Stowe University, we've been collaborating with uh, mental health service providers, behavioral health response, to focus on mental health, uh, art making. All of these workshops are being led by uh, an art therapist. So there are many programs that we're doing um, related to exhibitions, but I have to say one last thing that I want to mention in regards to diversity. I think one of our um, uh, achievements that we're perhaps most proud of actually also is one that has the longest history, and that's our Romare Bearden Graduate Museum Fellowship. Um, It's a one-year paid program, and in the last few years we've double down in our investment, and we've now uh, built that into a two-year fellowship. Um, We still welcome a fellow a year, but now we have two Romero Bearden fellowships, two-year terms, and they overlap. And this program, which has been in existence for over 30 years now, it's been hailed by The Economist magazine as a model for increasing diversity in the museum field. And really, it's a fellowship that's designed to prepare graduate students from historically underrepresented backgrounds seeking careers in art museums to really help thrive. So we're really excited about that and many other initiatives that we continue uh, to put a focus and intentionality on uh, as part of our diversity efforts. As one who tries to see beauty everywhere, um, and I, I love the art museum and all the incredible institutions that exist in Forest Park, we know art should open our eyes and, and art should move us. But then we hear the word diversity, and certainly it's a controversial word today. Explain from your standpoint why it's even important to focus on diversity, both behind the scenes and, and through your collections and your collaborations. Well, I'll sort of respond to that by giving, sharing a story of something that we did recently at the museum, something that I was very interested in wanting to do for quite some time. A few weeks ago, the St. Louis Art Museum hosted a naturalization ceremony. And I share this um, in the context of um, someone who I myself um, became a U.S. citizen more than 20 years ago. As I mentioned, I was born and raised in Seoul, South Korea. And um, to be able to invite 30 individuals from 30 different countries to come to this museum 
and to welcome them in becoming new American citizens for all the rights and freedoms that being an American citizen does provide. And at the same time, being able to say that this museum, through our global collection, has representation of all of your countries, cultures, heritages, histories, and as a way of not only welcoming them and congratulating them to become new American citizens, we also gave them complimentary family uh, memberships as a way of welcoming them to not only St. Louis and the museum community, but as a way of being able to continue to connect to not only their past, but certainly their present, but hopefully their bright futures ahead. So I think having those diversity of perspectives and narratives can only help inform a much richer, certainly collection, but a context from which we all benefit and thrive. Men, we cannot wait to see uh, how the art museum thrives under your leadership. Congratulations. I know you're almost two years in, but still, congratulations to you on this new position and all that you've already accomplished. Thank you so much. Michael, it's always a joy to see you. Thank you, Carol, and thank you, men. Uh, if nothing, your comments were really inspirational to me about St. Louis and, and what we have in front of us, right in front of our own two eyes. So thank you for that. Thank you. Min Jung Kim is the director of the St. Louis Art Museum, joining us on PNCC Speak, the language of executives. Please go to KMOX.com to listen to all of our previous podcasts. And we'll see you next time on PNCC Speak, the language of executives.